What is up, everyone? Welcome to episode 36 of Titan of the Dog Pound. I'm Mike Welsh. You can find me on Twitter at big underscore Mike 9169. And you can find Titan of the Dog Pound on Twitter at Titan underscore dog 21. Now, today, I'm not joined, as always, by my tall, sexy co-host, Thomas Head. He, he has a very busy week, and he wasn't able to, to join us this week. But I do have another good buddy of mine, my short, handsome guest co-host today, Sean Atkins, who has been on a few episodes before. You and Thomas did uh, some of the Hard Knocks reviews when that was airing on HBO. But more importantly, how are you doing today, buddy? I'm doing great, minus this, uh, it's not necessarily fall weather. It feels like winter weather. I think we had a couple days of fall, and then we went straight into winter. I hate it. it but other than that, I'm, I'm doing okay. Um, as you know, we're both diehard Atlanta Braves fans, and our Braves got eliminated from the NLDS by the Phillies. So still feeling the sting from that loss. Um, but um, it wasn't over a bad call or anything. They just got outplayed in every facet by a Philadelphia Phillies team that's hot. Um, and they remind me of last year's Atlanta Braves that won the World Series. So tip of the cap to them. But, yeah, still feeling the sting from that. Um, it's been better as the days have gone on since Saturday when they got eliminated. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. It was It was tough because this team, this Atlanta Braves team was better this year than the team that won the world series last year we had more wins it just felt like we were more put together we had a cunha going into the playoffs so yeah that was that was tough it was actually a very tough sports weekend for me because the braves got eliminated the browns got beat down by the patriots the hurricanes won but they're still not back you know like i want them to be if anything thomas i know the titans titans didn't play but I mean, that Alabama UT game, I mean, he's probably still drinking. That's probably why he cannot actually join today because he is still drinking from that win uh, this past weekend because that was one hell of a game. That was an instant classic. Yeah, it reminded me a lot of that playoff game between the Chiefs and the Bills, just the back and forth. Yeah. Um, just just a great game. I, I hate the Tennessee Volunteers, but you know what? Um, I'm happy for a lot of their fans, uh, of course, when they won that game. If you live in Tennessee and you're listening to this podcast, I'm sure you felt a small earthquake seconds after the game ended. Um, you know, that program has really turned around quickly under that new regime, um, especially Josh Heupel, their head coach. I mean, most of the credit goes to him for this quick turnaround, Tennessee Volunteers. And I think we can say that the balls are back. They seem they seem very back. Yeah. So yeah, he's probably uh, doing. Thomas probably doing cartwheels still after that. Um, but you know what? When you have to come to me to co-host for this, things must be getting bad for the Tennessee Titans. The sky <laughs> must be falling because this isn't the Titans half of the podcast today. This is a Houston Texans fan on the podcast. So a lot of question marks for the Titans. But if you need your Titans listen this week, highly recommend the Unofficial Titans podcast hosted on the Sobros Network. Uh, our good colleagues over there, Stoney Keeley and Outspoken Owen, uh, run that every week. So if you need your Titans fix this week, go over there. But if you're a Titans fan, this is probably not going to be a Titans-centric episode for you this week. We will talk about them, but just letting you know. 
Exactly. Yeah. We're, we're gonna, we're gonna talk about their matchup coming up whenever we go to pick our games. So yeah, it's a little bit different of an episode. I figured um, you brought this up earlier. We could do something fun because we're kind of at a, uh, you know, we're going into week seven, not quite at the halfway point, but there's been some surprises this year and there's been some interesting storylines. So kind of wanted to discuss what we think, what each of us thinks, because they, they might be different. I haven't heard yours. Top three storylines so far this season. Because um, I, have, I have a few uh, that I, I could I could be a homer and immediately talk about the Browns and how their defense was expected to be a top five unit like last year, and then they, they have been historically bad. But that's honestly low-hanging fruit, and every Browns listener knows that it is very tough out there. And there's a few more interesting ones, but I'm going to let you kick it off. What is your we'll, – we'll go three, two, one. I don't know if you ordered them like that. Um, yeah. But if you did, what is your number three storyline so far this year that has, like, really surprised you or been interesting? I think the one that's been the third most surprising at least, or maybe the most surprising of the three I have is that – the Giants and the Jets. The New York teams have good records. Giants five and one. Jets four and two. Um, I do not think they're as good as their records say they are. My thing is, is that I'm already over the national media hype over the New York teams. Um, I don't know oh, if you it's know necessarily good. That. I don't know if it's necessarily good for the NFL having not just one but two New York teams relevant. But um, I don't think they're as good as their records are. They have surprised. I think you look at a team like the Giants, Brian Dayball, good coach so far, and Saquon Barkley has returned to form. For the Jets, they got a really good pick, it looks like, in Sauce Gardner, and he has been pretty good so far. But I just see too many glaring holes with both teams. I don't think they're as good as their records are. They are having surprisingly good seasons so far, but I think in the coming weeks we will see those records look a lot more closer to the 500 range than what they are right now. I just don't think they're that good. We will see here in the next few weeks. Both of them don't have the franchise quarterbacks. I think they need to sustain how good they are right now. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of good points there. I definitely agree with you know how the you know how the national media is with New York teams. So as soon as they start doing good, it's like. They're just going to shove it down our throat. Um, but I will they're, – they're not my number three. They were they were close with uh, – uh, in terms of some things I, were narrow, I was narrowing down. But the Giants, for sure. The Jets, I don't know if you listened to previous episodes. The Jets, I had as a trendy pick of this year's Bengals. Like how the Bengals kind of – I didn't say that the Jets were going to go to the Super Bowl, but they were going to kind of turn it around and maybe sneak into the playoffs. It depends on how competitive the AFC was going to be. And, you know – they're they're playing pretty well. I think that they really, you know, playing for Robert Sala. I feel like the players are really bought in up there. <clears throat> but uh, the number three for me is the Philadelphia Eagles being six or I think six and zero. I, I know they're undefeated. They had their bye week this week, and the reason this is surprising to me is because a lot of people had them as a as a playoff playoff pick, a division winner. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't know how many people had them at being undefeated at this point in the season. I didn't. Uh, yeah, I definitely did not. I mean, like when, when you look at their when you look at their games, so you can kind of go back and forth. It's like, are they legit? 
which I th- I think they're the real deal. I really do. I think that, I mean, the, the, the coach seems to have those players bought in. Jalen Hurts has appeared to take a step. Former Titans legend that all of us scratched our head at what got traded, <laughs> uh, A.J. Brown. And Devonta Smith have proven to be a really good wide receiver do. And the defense is playing well. They're just playing complimentary football all around. So I'm just like, I have to like take a step back every time I say it, where I'm just like, oh, the Eagles are undefeated. And if you look at their remaining schedule, it's like, who who is going to beat them? Like, here are their upcoming games. They're on their bye week. They play the Steelers. That should be a win. They play the Texans. No offense, Sean. That should be an easy win. Oh, um, yeah, watching the Commanders, they've already they've already beaten them pretty badly this year. I would imagine that would be a win. The Colts, the Colts are kind of a different team every week. I really don't know that that one's questionable. The Packers have not looked that good. I would take the Eagles over the Packers right now. Uh, and then they play the Titans, the Giants, the Bears, the Cowboys, the Saints, and uh, yeah, finish off with the Giants. So I mean, there are a, a few games that. You know, I, I'm sure they'll end up losing two or three games for the end of the season. But when you look at their upcoming like four or five weeks, I mean, they could easily be 10 or 11 and 0, which is just crazy to think about. I just did not have them as an undefeated team at this point, uh, with it appearing that they're going to continue in that direction. So, yeah, I, Philadelphia is part of like my number one. And I'll get more into that when I get to number one as far as the most the biggest developing stories of the NFL season so far, but yeah, um, Philadelphia firing on all cylinders right now. They, they are legitimate. Um, like you, I don't, I didn't expect them to be undefeated at this point, but they have been really impressive. And until um, someone matches up with them, uh, they're one of the two or three best teams in the NFL right now. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll keep an eye on how their season continues to go, but they, I mean, with how weak the NFC is mm-hmm. and the teams that are usually powerhouses, like the Bucks and the Packers are kind of kind of mediocre right now. I mean, a lot can change, but right now they're kind of average. I mean, it's there for the taking for them. So we'll see how far they go. Um, but yeah, so what's your uh, what's number two for you then? I think the second biggest development of the season so far is just how much of a disaster Russell Wilson has been in Denver. Um, they are currently two and four. They should be one and five, if not for some bad play calling by Houston in week two. But I have watched enough of Russell Wilson outside his game against Houston. I watched the Monday night football game. I watched the Thursday night football game that just was on the other week. Russell Wilson does not look good. And this contract is already looking very bad unless a light bulb clicks for Russell Wilson. Five touchdowns, three interceptions. Arm strength doesn't look to be there. Just his robotic responses with the reporters after games and such. Just everything about the Russell Wilson experience for Broncos country has just been awful. And um, it could get worse. It could get a lot worse. We thought the AFC West was going to be pretty competitive, especially with um, teams like the Raiders who have underperformed more than I thought they would, and especially Denver. Um but, yeah, the Russell Wilson experiment or the Russell Wilson trade is looking very bad for Denver early on. Maybe they turn it around. Maybe he plays better. But so far, it has been an utter disaster in Denver. Yeah, I cannot agree more. Spoiler alert, that is my number one. <laughs> um, 
so uh, I, I'll, I'll dive into it a little bit. You said a lot of the same things I'm going to say. Uh, but yeah, I could not agree more. It, it just seems like such a disaster down there. I don't think anyone had any, I mean, everyone talked about how that division was going to be, you know, every team in that division could win 10 or 11 games. It just seems like right now it's, you know, the chiefs, chiefs and chargers, you know, and, and I don't have any faith in the, in the Broncos as of right now. Uh, so yeah, I definitely agree there. Um, and they also, too, they, they have a pretty bad head coach right now, Nathaniel Hackett. Probably of all the rookie coaches, head coaches, he's probably been by far the worst one. And it's starting to show that maybe it was more of Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay than anything Nathaniel Hackett contributed in Green Bay to this success up there. Yeah, yeah. I I feel like he is a little bit in over his head. I mean, it wasn't after the second or third week that he hired some consultants to help him with game day management. Um, I'd have to go find that Oracle, but I remember that happening. And that's just not a good sign whenever your head coach is, is – I mean, there is well, – we'll get into it more. But, yeah, there were so many times where the clock management and all that stuff was a mess. Um, yeah, so I definitely agree. Um yeah, number number two for me was kind of a mix of a few things. It's actually it's actually a mix of two completely separate things. I'll just touch on each one. One of them is the Thursday night football games so far oh, this year. God. I mean, here's the thing: Amazon gets their TV deal or whatever you want to call it. They get their deal to be able to do Thursday night football. And it's, I mean, it's pretty unprecedented for a streaming service to be the only way to watch these games. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so going into it, I was like, oh, you know, I'll be interested to see how the production is, how, how, how they do the games, like their hosts, their analysts, their sideline reporters, all that. And from a lot of aspects, I mean, the games have looked incredible from a television production standpoint. I'm a little iffy on like the Richard Sherman, Ryan Fitzpatrick and uh, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, Tony Gonzalez. You know, like when during the pregame and halftime stuff, I just I don't really like a lot of their chemistry. I think they'll probably shake that up pretty fast going to the next few years. But the quality of the games has just shocked me in terms of I mean, these ma- I mean, not only have the Broncos just been in it seems like they've been in prime time every week so far this year, which none of us wants to see that. It's like, I mean, if you look at the last few weeks, you know, it's the Colts and Broncos 12 to nine this past week, the commanders and bears 12 to seven. We're about to have the Cardinals and the saints. I mean, those are two pretty bad teams. So it's just like, I just did not expect to see consistent below average play to where, I mean, you see the memes just like I do. Everyone's just like, Oh my God, we have to watch Thursday night football again this week. And it's just, the matchups just have been pretty terrible. Um, so it so that's part one of number two for me and part two is this is the whole tom brady thing so far this year you know comes mm-hmm. out of retirement feels like i mean him and his wife are getting divorced some of it seems like it's because she's wanted him to retire for a long time and then he came out it was kind of a straw that broke the camel's back and i mean they're three and three they do not look like a great football team and you just have to sit back and wonder like did he make a mistake and he, is he going to hurt his legacy by coming back for this final year where they may even not make the playoffs? And it was all for what, you know, 
Uh, and he just hasn't really seemed like himself. I don't know if you've watched press conferences and whatnot. It's just, it, it is weird for me to see someone like him be like, you know, vulnerable and kind of a fall from grace. Cause he's, he's Tom Brady. Um, so that, that's just not something I had this year. Oh, I was like, Oh, he's coming back. The bucks are going to, you know, I thought they'd be five and one at this point. So that kind of surprised me a little bit. Yeah. First you were talking about the Thursday night games. The presentation has been outstanding. Um, I love the real time stats that they have, especially if you're watching it on a mobile device. Just fantastic. Uh, the color commentary has been good. Uh, like you said, Sherman, Fitzpatrick, I don't know about that. I'm not too big on that. But the quality of the games has been very bad. I think other than the opening game between the uh, the Chiefs and the Chargers, every game since has been very bad. Uh, I'm curious to see what the viewership numbers are going to look like. Um, we've been getting those. And um, – they exceeded expectations in terms of how many people were watching the games on Amazon Prime. So curious to see with the quality of games we've had since that first week uh, where they are now in the rest of the season. And then, yeah, Tom Brady, that whole thing, um, I wonder how much the divorce is or the impending divorce is affecting his playing. Um, but like we, you were talking earlier, the NFC is so weak it might just take a game or two for Tom to click and be like the Tom Brady we all know, have known for God knows how long. But um, we'll see. There's still a bit of the season to go for them to figure things out. But I got to wonder if we're starting to see, like, you know, Tom Brady is like this. He's he's like this figure. He's like almost like Thanos with the Infinity Stones for so long. <laughs> and we're starting to see Tom Brady – you know, maybe he doesn't have all those Infinity Stones. Or maybe he has, like, one or two. He doesn't have all of them. He can't wield the Infinity Gauntlet right now. He looks like a weaker player and the team as a whole. So, very curious to see how they do the rest of the season because, as we'll talk here with one of these teams in the NFC South, they're not just going to have a cakewalk for the NFC South. They're not. One team has surprised me more than any other in the NFL – and it happens to be in the NFC South. So they're going to have competition to try to get to win the division. So, yeah, yeah, all, all good points there. It's, it is, I like what you said with how he's, it's like he's willing to, he can't wield the gauntlet anymore because that's how it feels. It just, he feels like vulnerable. And we're just not really used to seeing that, uh, especially since he's played for the Bucks. I mean, he's put up 5,000 yards, won the Super Bowl, leading the league in passing. You know, it's just the season is young. So we're not going to overreact at this point, but it is just an interesting development uh, thus far. So, um, so yeah, what is uh, we're down to number one. What is number one for you? I think number one in terms of biggest developments this season so far are that the two most hyped teams in the offseason are living up to expectations. Uh, we talked about Philadelphia already and then Buffalo. Um, I think Buffalo is the best team in the NFL right now. Um, I think they're going to have an, an easy path to get to the Super Bowl as things stand right now, barring any injuries that plague their star players. But, yeah, Buffalo, Philadelphia, they were the most hyped, talked about teams in the offseason. They are living up to expectations, um, firing on all cylinders. Yeah, that's that's a good point because – as we've seen a million times, the media hypes up these teams in the offseason like 
and and it just never actually goes that way. I mean, the Browns in 2019, we were trendy Super Bowl picks, mm-hmm. and it was a disaster. We went six and ten. Um, so yeah, like like you were saying, I mentioned earlier, like the Eagles had all that hype, and they are, I mean, damn well living up to it. They're undefeated, and they're them and the Bills. I would say are the two best teams in the NFL. So, I mean, I don't know if the world, the the United States the world combined is ready for a uh, Bills Eagles Super Bowl. <laughs> I just feel like that those fan bases are pretty crazy. Um, but yeah, no, that's a, that's a good one because oftentimes it does not go that way. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, number, number one for me, like I mentioned earlier, the disaster down in Denver with, with uh, Russell Wilson, I'm not going to harp on it too much because you said pretty much, everything I was going to say, it's just, it has me questioning, like, has Russell Wilson been overrated this entire time and we just didn't really notice it, you know? And because, like, I'm not saying he's a bad quarterback, although he is playing like a bad quarterback this year. Some of it may be coaching and scheme and whatnot, but he just, he doesn't look sure of himself and then he gets in press conferences and just, tries to fall back on, you know, it in a religious sense. And people are just sick of hearing that. They're sick of hearing like, oh, well, I'm just blessed to be able to play this game. The good good Lord blessed me to play this game. It's just like, that's not what people want to hear after you're underperforming week and week and week, week, you know, week in and week out. So I've seen a lot of people complaining about that. And I feel like, I don't know if you saw this. Let, let, Let me see if I can find it real fast. Uh, Apparently, Marshawn Lynch had some stuff to say about Russell Wilson because I was watching Good Morning Football and Kyle Brandt was saying that at the ESPYs and whatnot, like everyone, you know, doing the red carpet, everyone's coming up and high-fiving and hugging and like, haven't seen you in so long, blah, blah, blah. And everyone's really nice. And then Russell Wilson and CR would get out of their car, sunglasses on, walk through, put their hand up to people not to say hi. You know, like they, like they were better than everyone is kind of, kind of the, he said, the vibe they gave off. And then this is on Barstool. It's according to Marshawn Lynch. Apparently it was an interview, but he discussed how Russell Wilson alienates his teammates and makes them set up calls with him through his business manager. I mean, that is, yeah. I mean, I, you know, Marshawn Lynch seems like a pretty straightforward guy. So I'm like, I feel like there might be some truth behind that. And his teammates, you know, like maybe that is part of the problem behind the scenes. We're not seeing, I mean, his teammates, you've seen the, there's still photos of them just staring at him like like they're not happy with him. I, you know, maybe he's not a great leader. I don't know. Well, the number of former players that have come out and have already been negative or had negative things to say about Russell Wilson does speak volumes. And I think it's more of – I think there was a lot more that went behind the scenes in Seattle when Russell Wilson was there. And we're starting to see it. And it would not surprise me if we start seeing a divide in the Denver locker room soon, if it hasn't already started already. But games determine that. If they win, um, things will be fine. But if they lose, boy, that locker room is, man, they are in some trouble until they turn things around. Yeah. And I mean, it all, a lot lot of it starts with coaching. And like we were talking about Hackett just does not, you know, he seems pretty questionable so far. 
Uh, and we've we've been forced to see a lot of Russell Wilson play because he's been in prime time like what four of the six weeks the Broncos have been in prime time so far, and there's still three more to go, which is just crazy to me. But he, yeah, like he has just he looks like a shell of him of of his former self. And like you said, it's kind of they gave him that big ass contract before the season started. I mean, this if he does not find himself and turn it around or become even half of what he was, that's going to be a disaster. That's going to be, I mean, and I just, I don't think anyone saw that coming because when they traded for him and everything they gave up for him, I mean, they were trendy picks to, uh, you know, to win that division Super Bowl picks. It's just like how Peyton Manning went there and went to the Super Bowl. And it's just, it's been rough, man. Uh, so we'll have to, you know, like, like, like I said earlier, the season still young. You know, it could be week 10 and these guys have figured it out and he's he's doing Russell Wilson things. But I, I feel a little different about him as a as a as a person. I mean, obviously, we don't know these guys. It's just these things that have come out about the locker room stuff. He's super, super corny and cringe. He's always been super corny to me. I mean, before this trade, I used to, you know, the Mr. Unlimited stuff and that subway commercial did you see that subway commercial during that thursday night game a few weeks ago where he's like oh Ooh, it's spicy like I, I was like this has to be a blooper how did this make the final cut you know this is the most cringe thing i've ever seen so um yeah we'll see how that goes uh but, but one now, more that's thing. been a disaster but one more thing Broncos country let's ride Broncos country let's ride <laughs> I was going to ask you to give me a hefty Broncos country. Let's ride. Yeah. I mean, you want to talk about cheesy, corny things like that, that the memes that have come with that have been, have made this whole season worth it to me. So. Oh yeah. All right. Well, it looks like it's time for our final segment of the episode. And that is picking this week's games. You have a lot to live up to because apparently Thomas is really good at doing this, mainly because he does not pick the lines every week like I do. I just cannot let Dan Campbell go. Um, but we're going to go through each game. Um, whenever we get to the Texans game, since you're a Texans fan, definitely feel free to elaborate a little bit more on them since you have more insight than than I do or Thomas usually does. Um, but we can start off with the game that's going to be tomorrow night. We got the Saints at the Cardinals for our, uh, like we mentioned before, our Eat Your Vegetables Thursday Thursday night football game. So, Oh, boy. Uh, yeah. Both teams have looked pretty, uh, pretty average at best, I would say. But who do you got in this one? Uh, since Chris Olave is going to be back, it looks like I think I'm going to give the edge here to New Orleans. I... The Cardinals have looked bad of late. Um, I think it's going to snowball into something even worse. Um, Kyle Murray has looked so-so. Cliff Kingsbury has made some questionable calls. I just – I'll go with the steady hand in New Orleans, but I think they edge it out. But I think the X factor is Chris Olave is coming back from that concussion. So, Yeah, I'm going to take the Saints here too. Uh, I, I said on previous episodes that I'm just not I'm not high on the Cardinals at all as long as Cliff Kingsbury is there and I think Kyler Murray is a little bit overrated uh, he's definitely got a Call of Duty obsession which affects his play at this point that we all know uh, but 
all jokes aside, even if that doesn't affect this play, their their offense and their you know it just it looks like it should be high flying, like it wants to be a high flying offense, and it just it's not. And every every week, I feel like I see them at it going into the third quarter with six points or something. So, uh, but yeah, like you said, a lot of it coming back is big. And yeah, I just haven't been impressed with the Cardinals. So I'll, I'll, uh, I'm going to take the Saints in this one as well. Who we? Oh, well, I guess next we can just go right into the Browns <laughs> at the Ravens. Is Big Mike ready to get hurt again? This defense has caused me to want to sell all of my Browns gear like I do every year. Um, <laughs> I mean, here, here's the thing. I don't know how much you've been paying attention to them this year, but they're giving up crazy amount of, like, running yards, rush yards a game. Uh, and every week it's, like, got it worse. And every week they say they're going to fix it. And as long as they have Joe Woods as a defensive coordinator, I feel like it's just this is how it's going to be this whole season. I just don't think he's it. I feel like the players are not bought in. I'm very worried about this game. Browns did it two and four. Uh, I mean, every game at this point is a must win. But as much as I want to take them, I'm going to take the Ravens in this one because I feel like that Lamar Jackson and company are just going to run all over the Browns. It's going to be a long day. They haven't been able to stop it. They couldn't even stop Bailey Zappi last week through 300 yards and two touchdowns. The week before, Austin Eckler ran for almost 200 yards. He hadn't even had 200 yards in the whole season. So, yeah, it's it's a tough scene up in Cleveland. Who you got? I think this game is going to get is going to be closer than uh, people are anticipating it to be. Uh, I think Baltimore is being too reliant on Lamar Jackson and at a point that is going to be a problem for them in their defense. However, with that said, I think Baltimore is going to win this game, but I think it's going to be a lot closer than people imagine it to be. Um, but do you think do you think it'll be closer because the Ravens will have a monumental collapse like they have every week at the end of the game? Or do you think it'll be close the entire time? I, think be, I, I don't disagree. I, I feel like it could be a closer game than 38 to 15 or something like we saw last week against New England. But if Stefanski yeah, comes, if Stefanski comes with a good game plan for um, Chubb and Kareem Hunt, then I I think they have a decent chance against Baltimore. But I think it's going to be a lot closer than people are betting. But I do think Baltimore is going to hit. Baltimore's the better team. Um, they have. I mean, as most football games are determined, it's quarterback play, and they have Lamar Jackson. But at some point, it might not be this game, but later on the season, being too reliant on Lamar Jackson is going to hurt them. So, yeah, I feel like you can only do that too much. They did. They did sign a thirty-five-year-old Deshaun Jackson uh, yesterday, who's like on the last legs of his career. But I don't think he'll play this week. Um, and the Browns traded for uh, linebacker Deion Jones from the Falcons last mm. week, uh, and he should be active for this game. So hopefully that'll help our run defense a little bit. But Jacoby Brissett has been, you know, he started off good. He's been up and down since. He's been turning the ball over more. He had four turnovers against New England. I mean, you're just not going to win in the NFL if you do that. So they'll have to clean it up. But I'm sick of. I'm sick of thinking this team should win because they should have beaten so many teams so far this year. They haven't. So, 
I digress. All right, moving on. Uh, we got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers traveling to um, take on the Panthers. So this is a pretty easy one, considering the Panthers, I think, are maybe the worst team in the NFL. You taking the Bucks? Despite Tampa Bay having lost three of their last four games, Tom Brady not looking good so far this season, they are going to bounce back against, yeah, the worst team in the NFL. I think they are by far the worst team. Um, but, hey, you know what? At least uh, they have a Quanu who they drafted in the first round this past draft who's looked pretty good so far. So um, they have that. That's it. But, yeah. Yeah, that is about it. Yeah, they. Uh, I think P.J. Walker – will be starting this week. I don't know if they get Sam Darnold back. I think he's fairly close. Baker Mayfield has been a disaster there. You know, it's a decent chance he's just going to transition into like a backup next year, which is just crazy to think about uh, from from Browns fan. But uh, things happen fast in the NFL. And, uh, but I, I'm, I'm the same thought process. I feel like the Bucs are going to bounce back. This will be a pretty convincing win. Panthers are this close to just having a fire sale anyway, trading some players. I mean, Christian McCaffrey has been in some trade talks. So, um, yeah, pretty easy one there. Let's see. So next we got the Atlanta Falcons taking on the Bengals in Cincinnati. This may actually be a better game than they I mean, the, the Falcons haven't been great by any means or even good half the time, but the, I do think they're well coached, which is why I, they sit at three and three. Um, Arthur Smith, former Titans offensive coordinator, has I feel like he's done some good down there. This should be a decent matchup. Who you got in this one? I think this game is going to be pretty close, and I think the Bengals are going to edge out this game. But the Falcons, right now, ever since week one in that press conference Arthur Smith had that everyone criticized him for, rightfully so, for going after the media, um, the Falcons have played good. Um, they haven't lost a game by more than six points this season, which when I when I saw that, I was like, there's no way. And then I looked at the schedule, and I was pretty surprised by it. Marcus Mariota has fit well into um, Arthur Smith's game plan, and he just won NFC Player of the Week earlier today. Um, the Bengals have been disappointing so far, but I think the Bengals are going to bounce back here against the Falcons. But – we talked about this earlier with Tampa Bay having a potential problem in the NFC South. That team is the Atlanta Falcons. The Falcons have played a lot better than I think anyone thought they would play, and they have the easiest schedule the remaining remainder of the season. So Falcons, they're a team to look for, not just this week, but in the coming weeks. They, they might surprise some people. Well, our buddy Corey Woodruff probably uh, agrees with you on that if he's listening to this. Uh, he's a big Falcons fan. And, yeah, man, I mean, like the Falcons, I saw them play the Browns earlier this year. And, you know, the Browns, Browns, I do believe that they were the better team that day and they should have won, but they but they didn't. That's the NFL. But I was, I was impressed with how the Falcons played. And like I said a few minutes ago, like from a coaching perspective, they made really good in-game adjustments, and they went with what was working, which was the run game, not the pass game, and that was the big reason that they, that they won. That's my biggest criticism of Kevin Stefanski is sometimes he just sticks to his game plan, 
mm-hmm. a little bit too much. Sometimes you have to make those adjustments. And I feel like they've done a good job making those adjustments and being more competitive in games than, than any of us thought they would be. Um, so I do think this will be a pretty close game. The, the Bengals have been pretty rocky. You know, like they've looked they've looked good and they haven't. So um, I'm actually going to take the Falcons in this one, I think. Partially because I want to see, you know, I need to see some ASG North losses for the Browns' sake. But also, like, there are just some games that, that the ball bounces a certain way and I can see the Falcons edging this one out. we got next oh boy the detroit lions <laughs> america's Amer- uh, the real america's team taking on dallas cowboys uh in dallas i was just looking it up i'm trying to i, I think it's uncertain if dak dak prescott's going to be back for this game um he did practice last week and will practice again this week all expectations say he is going to play this Sunday against the Lions, but it's not confirmed yet. Cooper Rush, however, has played pretty well in, in his absence. So I, I think either if Cooper or Dak is under center, I feel like the Cowboys win this one pretty easily. As much as I want the Lions to be good, I like Dan Campbell. There's, I mean, we, we talked about it, and I think you guys talked about it on those episodes you recorded for Hard Knocks. Like, that coaching staff in Detroit is just not, uh, it's just not it, you know. Uh, so I feel like that's a big reason why they keep losing these close games, you know. So I'm taking taking the Cowboys. What do you think? Yeah, this is an easy one for the Cowboys. No matter who's playing quarterback, just better talent all over the field than Detroit. Um, I think Detroit's going to fall to one and five. Yeah, it's a pretty easy one there. Next, we got the uh, New York Giants taking on the Jacksonville Jaguars in Jacksonville. The Jags have been a bit surprising this year. I think they're they're definitely heading in the right direction under Doug Peterson, but um, the Giants Giants have, have looked damn good, and I think they're going to continue to look good. Um, I think this will be a I wouldn't say a super close game, but it will be competitive. I don't think it'll be a blow up. I got the Giants winning this one. Ding ding ding! I think I think this is the first of a few games to come. That show that the Giants are not as good as their record indicates. Um, okay. So I think with Trevor Lawrence, he has shown flashes of greatness this season. Now, when he played against Houston, he looked bad. Um, but he has shown flashes in some of the games of the season that he is was is going to live up to the hype of the number being the number one overall pick the other year. I think New York has some more flaws than people realize. They don't have a receiver on their team with over 200 receiving yards. Their offensive line is bad. Um, I think Saquon Barkley uh, makes up for a lot of that. Um, Maybe Daniel Jones is becoming a competent starter in the NFL, but he's not the guy that's going to win you a Super Bowl. He is playing better than expected, but overall, this team, even though they are better coached under Dayball, I think we're going to start to see a team that's more of a 500 team starting this week. Jags are winning this game. Okay, a lot of bold predictions there. Uh, I didn't know that about their the wide receiver. Not You said not one of them has more than 200 receiving yards yeah. this year. Yeah, that's pretty surprising. Um, 
I do think that the Giants are going to come back down to earth a little bit. I do still think they'll be a playoff team. I disagree, though, in the sense of I, I feel like they're going to take care of business against the Jags, but we may see them skid a little bit in the coming weeks of losing two, three in a row or, you know, winning one out of their last three games or something like that. Um, but it, the Jags have looked better. They were kind of a trendy pick for me this year as well in terms of a team that can take a big leap. And I want to see Trevor Lawrence do good. They, they hyped that guy up to be Andrew Luck and Peyton Manning. I know he's in your division, but, you know, you just – to see him under Urban Meyer last year and how much of a disaster that was, it's nice to actually see him play at a level where it's like, oh, this is why he was so hyped. Um, so I do feel like this will be a decent and closer game, like I said, but we'll see how that one shakes out. Um, next we got the Packers taking on the Washington Commanders in Washington. The worst football field in the NFL. Who do you got in this one? I think the Packers will win this game easily, but I am concerned about Aaron Rodgers' play. Um, we had talked about this earlier. I think maybe we did. I can't remember. All right. Whatever. But I think with Aaron Rodgers, this is the first time we've seen in his career, at least this season, where his play is falling off. This is not the Aaron Rodgers we are used to, the MVP caliber um quarterback the franchise quarterback and that's going to make the difference between green bay being just a fringe playoff team and actually making a deep run to get to the super bowl by all accounts a weak nfc overall so if aaron Rodgers is going to turn things around and show the quarterback that he used to be this is the week to do it against the washington commanders and carson wentz who should have beaten the Tennessee Titans the other week, if not for Carson Wentz. So, yeah, um, yeah, I, I definitely agree. It's been it's been tough, man. Seeing, uh, you know, it kind of is like the Brady thing we were talking about earlier. Like Aaron Rodgers has been good for so long, and he he's looked like he's you know like I, I think it's all but confirmed he's going to retire after this year. So he may go out on a low note. I do think the Packers are going to win this game. Uh, Small note for you, and I think this just happened yesterday. I don't think Carson Wentz is actually playing in this game, though. It's Taylor Heineke's getting the start because Wentz had this sudden I, – I hadn't even really heard a word about it, but he's, he may miss like four to six weeks for a uh, – like a, I think it's a hamstring injury or something. Saw that last night. Um, so Ron Rivera was saying I, – I was looking it up as you were talking because I couldn't remember if it was confirmed. Uh, but, yeah, Taylor Heineke will probably get the start, it seems – before I'm sure Sam Howell, the rookie, will get some playing time this year. I just don't think it'll be this week. So yeah, that I mean, I feel like this should be an easy win for the Packers. They they have not looked impressive this year, so it's I, I don't want to say like oh it's going to be a blowout, but yeah, I do I do think that they'll win this one. But I'm not sold on them as a as a playoff team at all either. So, um, all right. Thomas, if you're listening, this one's for you. We got the Colts coming to Tennessee to take on the Tennessee Titans. Thomas, if you're out there, just know I'm taking the Colts to beat down the Titans in this game. Matt Ryan, four touchdowns. Come back down to earth a little bit from that balls win, buddy. Sean, who you got? 
this game might tell us who ultimately wins the AFC South. And Matt Ryan has played better in the past week or two. But they still have a pretty bad offensive line. And even though Tennessee won the first go-around against the Colts, I don't know. I'm still very concerned about the Titans overall as a team. I mean, they play in a division where there really is not a, quote, good team, I think, right now. I haven't seen it. There's a reason why the AFC South is a dumpster fire. However, with all that said, there is the X factor in this, is the coaching. And Mike Vrabel is head and shoulders better than Frank Reich. Titans win this game by a field goal from Fat Randy. Okay, so you, so you got uh, the Titans sweeping the Colts this year, essentially, which – I mean, that that's the thing. Before the season, I, I had I had the Titans and Colts splitting, and the Titans already won the first game, so I just feel like the Colts are going to win this one. Uh, these games, as you know, being an AFC South fan, I feel like these games just go either way every single year. You know, like every time they play each other, it's just there's really no telling. You could just flip a coin. Um, I do agree about the, the Colts. You know, they, they've been kind of rocky. I don't think the Titans are great. I do think that they have really good coaching, but we're just seeing the end of, excuse me, the, you know, the Tannehill era, I feel like, is is slowly coming to an end. Uh, not that he's playing god-awful. It's just like, it just, to me, I just feel like that that, that is slowly coming to an end. Um, and I feel like that team is, has missed, you know, like an A.J. Brown-type receiver. Like, they haven't had – Traylon Burks has not been what they thought he would be. He's been injured. Um, so, but coaching does matter. Vrabel Vrabel's a damn good coach. Either way, i going to take the Colts in this one. Just because I, I said they'd split, so they have to split. Texans versus the Raiders is next. Give me your Texans analysis, Sean. Are they going to beat – Derek Carr and Josh McDaniels in Oakland or Las Vegas, I should say. I think this game is a toss-up. And I feel conflicted even as a Texans fan because there are some positives for the Texans going for them right now. Damian Pierce, um, rookie running back, has been everything and more since the Texans had drafted him. And the NFL has taken notice, especially after that game in week five against Jacksonville, where he broke all those tackles that led to a touchdown. Um, He is a violent running back, and he is a big part of – or a big reason for the – of where the Texans are right now in terms of the rebuild. The Texans had the worst run game in the NFL by far the past two seasons. And Damian Pierce has showed that with a good offensive line and maybe an underrated one because by all accounts, they've had a good offensive line this season and has shown um, that this team, if the play calling is done right, and it has been 50-50 at best with Pep Hamilton, the offensive coordinator, after interviewing for a handful of offensive coordinator vacancies, um, he stayed with Houston. They promoted him to offensive coordinator. But his play calling has been pretty bad, I think, for the most part. And it has cost the Texans a couple of games, I think. Um, 
more so than just Lovie Smith being the head coach. I think it has been Pep Hamilton the reason why the Texans sit at one, three, and one when they could easily right now be two and three or three and two right now. Um, I'm concerned about Davis Mills' play. He ended last season on a high note, but he has not looked good this season at all. None of the games really. I've seen this season he has looked good. Um, I'm very concerned about that. However, uh, the Raiders. The Raiders have been very bad this season. I think they are a lot worse than people expected. I do have questions about their defense. That big signing of Chandler Jones for their defense has been very bad for them so far. They can't get to the quarterback. I think there's a good chance that Damian Pierce could run all over Las Vegas. However, it's going to come down to the quarterback play. Davis Mills has to show something. He has to show something better than what we have seen so far this season. However, I think Damon Pierce is going to be the reason why the Texans win this game as they won their first game back in week five. And the young guys on defense, the rookies that we draft, J.M. Petrie, Derek Stingley Jr., um, if they have good games, and especially if they can cover um, Devontae Adams and that second and um, that secondary as a whole can cover him, they're going to be okay. But I think this is going to be a pretty close game, and I think Houston's going to edge it out, but barely. And then things are going to get a lot more interesting in Las Vegas if they lose this game because they would sit 1-5 and five after this, and no one expected them to be 1-5 and five at this point. No, that's that's exactly right. They, they were kind of like the – not as hyped as the Broncos, but they, they were – a lot of people had them as a sleeper to win the division, a wild card team. I mean, every – Every, everything I saw prediction-wise had every team in that division with 10-plus wins. So they're, yeah, dropping to one and five. I mean, that's a next impossible hole to get yourself out of. Um, a lot of good insight from the Texans there. I obviously don't follow them as closely as you. I have noticed that Pierce has, has been good this year, uh, which you guys definitely needed, you know, in terms of how the, how the running game has been the last few seasons. So... Um, I have not been that impressed with the Raiders. Uh, Derek Carr is not playing terrible. You know, he's got eight touchdowns, four picks, thrown for almost 1,300 yards. He's not playing great either. Devontae Adams has put up big numbers, but what does that even mean if you're not winning games, you know? Um, and, yeah, I've, I feel like this is a game that the Texans can win, and I do have them winning this game. Um, a lot of it will come down to the quarterback play. Like you mentioned, Davis Mills, it was – I don't know if they even thought whenever they drafted him, and you may be able to attest to this better than I, I do, but like better than I can, but I don't even know if they thought whenever they drafted that, drafted him that he was going to be a long-term answer. And then he did play pretty well down the stretch last year. But so far this year, it's just kind of been like, you know, average at best, probably below average. From, from what I've seen and what the stats say. I don't watch all the games as closely as you. <clears throat> so he may not be the guy down there, uh, but he could be the guy this, this Sunday to be able to get them a win. So he has to step up big. Yeah, I, I don't think he's the long-term answer, at least what I've seen from him this season. But even so, drafting the third round um, – it's not necessarily a bust if he doesn't pan out. Um, 
Now, if he was a first-round pick, top five, ten pick, that'd be a different story. But quarterback strapped yeah. in the third round or later, it's a crapshoot. Um, evaluators know for the better part the good court, the quarterbacks that will succeed in the NFL or have a good idea of it. And if you're getting drafted in the third round, um, the optics aren't good on you. Yeah, he might just end up being a career backup, and that's fine. I mean, you're a third-round pick. They may bring in someone next year, and he he knows the system. He can be the backup, you know? Yeah. But, yeah, I do think the Texans edge out a win here. Um, let's see who we got next. Jets at the Broncos country. Let's ride. Jets are hot right now, man. Jets just beat the Packers 27-10 to 10 last week. I think we've... It's well documented in this episode that we both think that the Broncos kind of suck. So I'm gonna go with the Jets just because they were they were my trendy pick this year, and they're playing right now how I thought they'd play in terms of you get through three or four or five games, they'll figure some stuff out, and then they can get hot and win some games. And Zach Wilson's back; he's not putting up crazy passing numbers, but he's playing fine. He had a couple of rushing touchdowns last last week, so I think the Jets win this one in Denver. What do you think? Yeah, this is an easy win for the Jets, unless uh, for whatever reason, Russell Wilson finds God actually and uh, turns it on. Jets are winning this game easily. Yeah, yeah, agreed. This will, uh... yeah, there's going to be a game if the Broncos are going to turn it around this year where they do it. I just don't think it's this one. I feel like there's still a lot of questions there. They didn't look that good this past week. If they if they had put up 35 points and looked like whatever one thought they would, they'd be like, okay, they maybe figured some stuff out. But uh, Chiefs at 49ers. What are you thinking? So the Chiefs got bested by Buffalo, which was well, a good game, but they're going to bounce back against San Francisco. Um, with that said, though, uh, I think San Francisco's a good team. Um, they're in a three-way tie right now in the NFC West. Um, they might, with the way the Rams have been playing, the Seahawks might play. We might talk about this later on in the season, but they might be winning that division, seeing how things play out. They'll get some of their stars back. They'll be healthier. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo has looked pretty good. But in this game, though, the Chiefs Chiefs are a top three or four team in the NFL right now. They're going to win this game. Yeah, I definitely agree. I don't have much more to add to it than that. I feel like the Chiefs bounce back. They're too good of a team to drop two games in a row, especially playing the 49ers, who I do think they're a pretty solid team. I just feel like the Jets are, or the, the Chiefs are a lot better. So should be a should be a fairly convincing win. All right, next we got the Seattle Seahawks traveling to Los Angeles to take on the Chargers. What are you thinking with this one? So even though I think Seattle surprised a few people, well, maybe more than a few people with the record, the three and three right now, I do think that they're, um, I think this is the week that we start to see that they are not a good team. Um, I think the yeah. Chargers easily win this game, even though I think head coach Brand Staley is a terrible head coach. Chargers win this game easily, thanks to Justin Herbert. Yeah, I got the Chargers in this one as well. The Seahawks have been surprising. I, f- I think it's a cool story, and it's kind of funny to see Geno Smith playing better than Russell Wilson because no one right. had that. That that was almost a surprising thing I had at the start of our episode. But, yeah, I feel like the Chargers win this one. Um, all right. Next we got 
Sunday night, the Dolphins and the Steelers in Miami. This could actually be a, a, a definitely a mid-off at best. I don't know who's starting for the Steelers. I mean, Kenny Pickett started last week and then Trubisky came in towards the end of the game. Uh, can never count the Steelers out fully because they're just well-coached. Although I do think they're pretty bad this year. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna take I'm gonna take the Dolphins. Dolphins started out really hot and they've skidded since uh, two has been injured. They're sitting at three and three right now. This is kind of a must-win game for them, considering the Bills and the Jets are getting you know both in their division are both really hot teams right now. So I feel like the Dolphins win this one. What do you think? Yeah, it, if if two is going to come back, um, this is yeah. an easy win for Miami. Um, the Steelers the shed. They're not that good this year. Um, I think the Dolphins win. Steelers will come out of this two and five, and it's looking like we're heading toward Mike Tomlin's first losing season as head coach, which, I mean, he's been coached since 2007 and hasn't had a losing season. That's pretty remarkable. Yeah, it definitely is. I have to tip my cap, even though I hate the Steelers so much. It's just he has done a hell of a job there. But eventually, you know, you can't go your whole career without having a losing season, I feel like, so the time has come. Uh, all right, and our final game Monday night: Chicago Bears taking on the New England Patriots in New England. Honestly, two pretty uh, mediocre teams. Even though Patriots, you know, like they're always they're three and three. Like as long as Bill Belichick is there, they'll be able to win some games. The Phil or the the Bears, Justin Fields, just that that whole situation just is a dumpster fire. I feel like they just. They're ruining fields. He may not be that good either. I don't. I really don't know. I feel like it's kind of both. But I feel like the Patriots gonna win this one. I mean, they just beat down the Browns. I would take from a coaching perspective, would take the Patriots in this all day, even if Bailey Zappi starts. What are you thinking? New England wins this game easily. I think Chicago's the second-worst team in the NFL. Um, they've got so many problems, especially starting with Justin Fields being bad. Um, but what's going to be interesting in this game, and we'll see it next week and the week after, is that New England, with the way Bailey's at played in those two games, and that division, as we've seen, be pretty good, um, even with uh, Miami being 3-3, three and three, I mean, the Patriots are three and three right now, and even though Mac Jones is returning this week, you got to wonder if Mac Jones doesn't play good, is that leash going to be short on him? And they might use Bailey a bit. Uh, that yeah. is going to make one of the more um, intriguing storylines for the rest of the season is the quarterback play in New England. It's it's fascinating. Bailey looked good in those two games. He has looked good. Um, I'm a little. My only reservation with that, just being a Browns fan, is the Browns' defense is such a disaster. I would take it a little bit with a grain of salt with how he played against Cleveland. That being said, Mac Jones has not looked that good this season. And I saw another uh, Barstool article about how it seems like Bill Belichick may be playing a little bit of mind games with Mac Jones. There may be an internal riff there, uh, which is kind of interesting because – he may not be the type of personality that someone like Belichick likes, and he may go with the hot hit. It's not the first time that's happened. So, uh, yeah, if, if Zappi is, is winning games, it's hard to take him out. You know, if he comes out and performs again and then Jones comes back, yeah, that's that's tough. 
that, that's that's another surprising situation. I just wouldn't have had that. I mean, he played at Western Kentucky. He holds a lot of holds a lot of records there. Apparently, it's still a small school. So, but he has looked good, and Patriots are just a well coached team as always. I don't think they're gonna be great this year. Could sneak into the playoffs, but kind of they're three and three. I feel like they're a five hundred team for now. But the, yeah, the Bears are a disaster. So definitely going with the Patriots. That was our uh, that's our final pick, buddy. We have reached the end end of the road here. How are you feeling? Thanks feeling for being great. a guest today, by the way. Yeah, it's great to be on. Um, you know, feeling great. Um, fall is here. Football is in full session for me, and I know it has been for you. Um, with the Browns, better days are ahead for our teams, though. So, but yeah, thanks for having me on. This was a lot of fun. We'll have to do this again soon. So, yeah, yeah, for sure. I was wanting to want to coordinate this, but whenever the Texans and Titans play, we can do a a preview episode with with me, you, and Thomas. That way, you guys can really go head to head with each other and do some major shit talking uh, and give some analysis. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, this was fun. We'll see how this week shakes out. These weeks have been pretty, uh, pretty. I mean, I feel like every week has been kind of chaotic, and we're still trying to figure out teams. So there's just really no telling with some of some of these games. So hopefully the Browns and the Texans and the Titans can get some wins this week for our listeners out there, and for our guest here who desperately needs a win for the Texans. He said it's been since week five the last win. So. Yeah, don't want to start skid- don't want to start skidding too much, but all right, buddy. Well, it's been fun. I'm gonna go ahead and sign off. Once again, you can find me on Twitter at big underscore mike nine one six nine. I'll leave the rest to the guest of the day, Mr. Sean Atkins. My name is Sean. You can find me on Twitter at sean j eight. And uh, if you're into film reviews, uh, not only does uh, Michael do film reviews on there, but I do as well at six one five film dot com, where you can find our work. Yep, that is uh, definitely one thing that does not disappoint me as much as the Browns is a good movie. Hell yeah! But go Browns! I don't know what the Texans say. What 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 are y'all? We are Texans. Give me a hefty. We are Texans. Hashtag We are Texans. Go Browns! And don't forget Broncos country. Let's ride. Let's ride. Thank <laughs> you.